Locked On Giants, your daily New York Giants podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, New York Giant fans, and welcome to another edition of Locked On Giants, part of the Locked On Podcast family, your team every day. Patricia Trainer here with you. It is Friday, July 23rd, and we are counting down just days away from the official start of Giants training camp. The Giants already this week on Wednesday, the rookies reported to training camp on uh, Thursday. The Giants had some of their injured players come in a little bit earlier for treatment and to get them ready for training camp. And then, of course, next Tuesday, the Giants' full team will be in East Rutherford for the start of training camp. So plenty coming up next week. We're going to devote all of next week's coverage to training camp starting probably on uh, Wednesday because the Giants, we're still waiting to find out about the media schedule regarding Tuesday's activities, which is really just... Um, the conditioning program, but um, as I get more information, I will pass that along to you. I should have it by Monday. I should know exactly what's going on and I will be able to pass that along to you. But today's show, which is brought to you in part by Locked On Fantasy Football. Uh, you can find Locked On Fantasy Football along with all our Locked On programs wherever you find your podcasts. Today's show, we're going to take a look at the Kansas City Chiefs as we conclude our opponent preview series here on the Locked on Giants podcast. And to join me to break down the Kansas City Chiefs is Ryan Tracy. He is one of the co-hosts of Locked on Chiefs, and he's going to give us the lowdown, everything we need to know about the AFC champions. And Ryan, let me welcome you to the program. Thanks. All right, Ryan, let's jump right in. And I have sort of a big picture type of question for you. The Chiefs have now made it to the Super Bowl two years in a row. This past uh, year, they didn't quite cross the finish line as they hoped. And, you know, we always hear about a Super Bowl hangover, specifically more so for the winning team. But I'm just wondering, given all the blood, sweat and tears that goes into the season that the Chiefs put into the season only to come out come up short do you sense that there may be that they maybe have some kind of a, a hangover for a lack of a better term or you know what's the overall mood I guess is what I'm asking within the Chiefs organization following you know not being able to win the Super Bowl it's a stark contrast because having gone to the previous Super Bowl where you come away with a win and now you're focused on enjoying that and trying to get back and to almost accomplish that um Quite frankly, it's salty. The entire team, especially the leadership, Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, Chris Jones, a lot of we got all the way to the finish line and stumbled kind of mentality. There's there's a lot of, of frustration still, and it's visible in the presers. It's visible when they leave and enter the building. Like You can see it in the way that they're walking. There's definitely unfinished business is probably the best way to put it. And of course, some determination to make sure this time that they finish what they start at the beginning of the year. Now, you mentioned Patrick Mahomes, the quarterback. He's coming off of a, an injured toe, I believe. Where is he in his rehab? And is he going to be ready to rock and roll by the time they open up training camp? Yeah, he had that uh, elongated uh, turf toe repair over the break here. Um, he's recovering really well. 
he didn't take any reps off during OTAs. Not that that's the, the biggest test for a quarterback's foot, but was able to uh, take a lot of snaps from a brand new center that they just drafted in Creed Humphrey. So that I think was the impetus, but he's also been training nonstop with Bobby Stroop, his, his normal trainer, um, formerly of Dallas, Texas, now up in Kansas City, where he's running pass rush circles. Uh, I mean, tight cuts on that toe. Um, that was really the big concern. Um, there was a little bit of a concussion hangover there against the Cleveland Browns in the playoffs last year. That had cleared itself up the next week. So that isn't a lingering issue at all. It's really about that tone. It looks like it's all systems go right now. Good news for Chiefs fans, I'm sure. I'm guessing that he's probably not going to play in the preseason and they're probably manage his reps, I would think, in, at least in the beginning part of training camp. Would that be a safe guess? I, I think the practice is going to be a little bit more liberal in terms of letting him do what he feels he needs to do. He, along with Eric Bieniemy and Andy Reid, uh, it really is a trifecta in terms of how they develop the playbook. Um, Mahomes himself was able to develop a few plays that they actually used in situational um, tough ones <laughs> that really paid off. So they don't want to limit that too much, but I do expect that they will keep him uh, not very involved in the preseason. Andy Reid has always been a coach that wants to make sure that he gets a good look and knocks all the rust that he can off in that late third preseason game in our classic schedule. It's really a question mark now. What's he going to do with only three preseason games? And will we see Mahomes at all in week three? Yeah, question mark across the NFL, especially here with the Giants who you know, have Saquon Barkley, their running back, coming back from a torn ACL and who, quite frankly, I don't think we're going to see it all in the preseason games. I mean, I'd be stunned if he gets any reps and who knows what he's even going to be able to do when it comes to, you know, training camp. Is he even going to be ready to go or is he going to end up on the pup list to start training camp? But we'll find out in a few days, I'm sure. But getting back to Patrick Mahomes, the offensive line was, uh, I think it's fair to say that it was partly to blame for some of the problems Mahomes had as far as his protection was concerned. And I know that that was a point of emphasis for the Chiefs to fix in the offseason. Do you feel that they finally have fixed it? And do you feel good about the direction that that unit is headed? The only question, really, I think when you look at individual pieces, you can see what they've done. They spent a lot of money on the left-hand side with Joe Tooney from New England and then acquiring Orlando Brown from the Ravens. So you have to feel good about what they're doing. There's some gel time. There's there's getting reps playing together as a five-man unit that they have some questions of because they drafted what appears to be a rookie center that's going to start. Uh, he got all the OTA reps with the ones. So it, it's a pretty good bet there. They have a battle three ways at the right guard spot with two veterans, one coming out of retirement in Kyle Long and a previous starter at the position, Laurent Duvernay Tardif, who actually opted out of last season. Uh, he's a physician in Canada and actually stayed and serviced his community um, through COVID and that kind of thing. So he's back and hopefully that extra year has given him some rest. And then they also drafted Trey Smith out of Tennessee. So there's a, there's a three headed monster there. The question mark, again, will be who fits in with whom, who gets in with Mike Remmers, who right now is taking reps at the right tackle spot, number one, but Lucas Nyang, another opt-out from last season who missed his rookie year, so is effectively a rookie again, uh, is pushing for some time there as well. A lot of coming together, but when you look at talent on paper, you have to feel pretty comfortable, and it looks like it's an upgraded group. Okay, so you've already mentioned a couple of rookies. So let me stay on that vein, if I could, and talk about the draft class with you. Um, what are some of the expectations for the Chiefs' 2021 draft class? You know, they're 
quite pronounced over what we've expected from seasons past. Um, say a year ago where Clyde Edwards-Alaire was your primary, your first round pick, and then he came back with Willie Gay Jr. Very drastic differences where Clyde became an instant starter. Willie was very much down on the depth chart learning his role. In this draft class, you see a lot of expectation early. Creed Humphrey should be starting at center. Nick Bolton should be the first backup off the bench at the middle linebacker spot. They're actually cross-training him at all three linebacker spots. We'll see what Steve Spagnuolo will choose to use the most. But he should see a lot of time as well. They have some interesting pieces that will fit in. And Trey Smith, who actually didn't go till the sixth round, but had some second-round grades by some people. Uh, and then you have a guy in Josh Kano from uh, FSU that – Really, with the offseason turmoil of Frank Clark, uh, as well as a couple of injuries, looks to be at a defensive end spot that is thin enough that as a rookie fourth rounder, he may get some time as well. All right, Giant fans, you are listening to Locked on Giants with Patricia Trainer and special guest Ryan Tracy. He is the co-host of Locked on Chiefs, and we're going to have plenty more with Ryan coming up still But first, if you're looking for a healthy and delicious treat to satisfy your sweet tooth, you got to check out Built Bar. Available in nut and nut-free varieties, Built Bar has nine amazing flavors, plus the occasional limited-time offering. Each Built Bar flavor not only tastes good, but it's the perfect way to satisfy your sweet tooth with a high-protein, low-calorie, and low-sugar treat. Visit BuiltBar.com and get 15% off your first order with the promo code LOCKED15. That's L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5 at BuiltBar.com for 15% off your first order. All right, Giant fans, you've got Patricia Trainer here on the Locked on Giants podcast, and I'm joined by Ryan Tracy, who is the co-host of the Locked on Chiefs podcast, and he is breaking down for us the key question marks and the names we need to know about the Kansas City Chiefs, a team that the Giants don't see very often. They see them once every four years or so. So it's always good to get a, a refresher and just kind of, you know, get an idea as to who we might need to be paying attention to ahead of the game so that this way we're not scrambling and saying, who's that or who, what ma- matchups do we have to pay attention to? So Ryan, again, thank you for being with us. And uh, let's get back. And uh, actually, I want to talk about the defense. It's funny. Um, you mentioned Frank Clark. And uh, I actually was going to go and uh, ask you next about the Chiefs' pass rush. It's amazing. You're just leading me one one question into another. So uh, way to have ESP. So anyway, let's talk about that Chiefs' pass rush for a moment. Last year, they finished 19th in the league in sacks. And I get it. You know, sacks aren't the be-all, end-all um, statistic you want to use to measure the effectiveness of a pass rush. You also want to take into consideration hits and hurries and bat downs and all that good stuff. But that being said, it looks like you have some question marks on the pass rushing unit. And I'm just wondering if there are a couple names that you're keeping an eye on who you think are going to step up and kind of provide that pass rush to maybe make it better and help the Chiefs maybe have a little better ranking by the end of the 2021 season. Hope is the key word. Um, there's there's hope all the way around. Obviously, the legal trouble for Frank is one thing. There's also a hope that he can return to his level of play in Seattle, which we haven't seen except for maybe the playoff run in 2019 that got them the Super Bowl. So the question mark is then who's going to fill in? Taco Charlton is a guy that they signed last year and was actually their most effective pass rusher on a, a per-snap basis 
but only got 214 snaps in pass rushing due to injuries. So can he stay healthy? I think he's going to be the first guy off the rotation, uh, off the bench, to get in there and get a chance to rush the passer. We'll see if he's capable of that. But what they've done is kind of turn things on their head. Their most productive pass rusher in the last two seasons has been Chris Jones out of the D-tackle position. He's now repping the majority of practice time out at defensive end opposite Frank Clark, which gives a whole different aspect to how you're going to rotate that end spot. They have young guys in Mike Dana as well, Josh Kando, who we mentioned, Tim Ward, who's still out there. A lot of maybes, a lot of guys that are looking to make a jump. So Chris Jones will be on one side. Jaron Reed was signed in the offseason to man that defensive tackle spot. They have a couple other interior pass rushers they feel good about. So the rotation at end is going to be a lot of trial and error until they get it nailed down. You know, also a question mark, uh, at least it looks like it's a question mark, is who's going to be your outside linebackers? You have your inside linebacker, but the identity of your Sam and your Will linebackers sounds like it's kind of up in the air. So how do you see those positions playing out this summer? It, it really is a question mark about who can take over for Anthony Hitchens if he goes out for injury. He has missed a few games in the last couple of years, but he's also nearing the end of his contract. It is thought that it's likely not going to be extended, so you're looking for someone to take those reps. In the meantime, how do you cross-train? Willie Gay Jr. is a superb athlete, actually a better athlete in the athletic matrix that I do every preseason than Isaiah was coming out in his class. He was LB number one, to tell you the truth. He should be at the will. They're cross-training him so that they can be a little bit more multiple and that when they want to go to linebackers, which is truly the base, at this point with Steve Spagnuolo, nickel's not even the base. They want to be in dime as much as possible. So uh, the base configuration of Sam is probably the, the least needed reps. My guess is that Nick Bolton, the rookie out of Missouri, is going to fill that role off the get-go when they are in base, which I think came out at 33% last year. Not very much. So you're going to see those two guys. Willie Gay Jr. will be the guy that chases sideline to sideline and has the ability to do it. So I think he's going to be predominantly at the will. Okay, true confession time now. As the Chiefs head into training camp, what areas on the team are you still not feeling good about? Areas that maybe they've got a long way to go before they resolve them. Can that right tackle spot be one? Is it uh, is it attrition that gets to be the starter, or does someone actually take the job? Um, it, it's a lot to put on a guy like Lucas Niang, who uh, had a hip labrum tear coming out of college, ended his senior season early, was drafted, then opted out after not having OTAs. So he is as fresh, basically, as the rookie class is. They're hoping that he can push there. If not, it's Mike Remmers, who had a tough Super Bowl, to be honest. So while you've made a lot of strides from center to the left side, the right side is still up for grabs, and they have to bring that together. Uh, whether they choose to go a little bit more 12 personnel and get some help there, get some chipping, um, another draft pick in Noah Gray is another guy that I think they're going to try to emphasize, but he's not an inline blocker. So you're going to get a chip out of him at most and see what you can do there. That's definitely a question mark. And then they let their most senior, their most experienced cornerback go this offseason, Bashad Breeland, who ended up signing in Minnesota. And so you have a 26-year-old Traverius Ward as the elder statesman in your corner room with a phenom in Legereus Sneed, who had a great rookie year last year, made the under-25 list this year, uh, probably manning the opposite side on the outside, with Rashad Fenton in the nickel. After that, it is a thin group of a lot of young players that have upside, but very little experience. It doesn't sound like a very uh, positive matchup against the Giants who are loaded at receiver. 
yeah, it's going to be interesting. <laughs> it will be a challenge. And hopefully at, at that point, they will have gotten a little bit of experience under the belt. Hopefully they have a rotation that they feel comfortable with at that point. I won't reel out uh, a signing by the time that comes around, especially given what we're going to see. I think uh, more veterans getting let go in this strange three preseason game, two weeks before the regular season gap. Uh, we'll see if they bring in another veteran. I will not be surprised if they do. Yeah, I think that would probably be a good idea because, you know, the Chiefs are going to be facing, I'm sure, a lot of teams that have really good receiving core. And, you know, you can't have your defensive secondary be the weak spot or one of the weak spots on the team, not when you're going against, you know, passing offenses that have the ability to potentially inflict damage deep down the field. Now, speaking of matchups, what matchups between the Giants and the Chiefs do you feel really good about from a Chiefs perspective based on what you know about the Giants personnel? You know, for me, I think it'd be interesting to see if pass rush and flip it around and get productive. I think that there's an opportunity there. Whether that turns into the ability to turn the ball over, that's another question. I think what they want to do is they want to sell out against the pass when the Giants are on the offense because they don't want to allow Saquon to become the focal point. It's been an Achilles heel the last few seasons, even during the Super Bowl year. And if they can avoid allowing someone the opportunity to run on them, allowing someone to stay balanced, I think that's going to be problematic for them. So they will go all out in the first quarter, try to gain a lead on every team that they play this year in order to not allow the run game to bite them. Giant fans, we have much more coming up with Ryan Tracy, co-host of the Locked on Chiefs podcast right after this. All right, Giant fans, you've got Patricia Trainer here on the Locked on Giants podcast, joined by Ryan Tracy, co-host of Locked on Chiefs, who is giving us an overview of the Kansas City Chiefs, whom the Giants will face in the middle part of the season on Monday Night Football. It'll be a real good test for the Giants as part of a three-game stretch that should be a really good test for the New York Giants at that point in the season. And Ryan, I've got to ask you a big picture question again, and I probably should have let off with this, but, uh, you know, better late than never. Um, I have a question about Eric Bieniemy, the offensive coordinator of the Chiefs. Now, let me just say that I think it is an absolute travesty that this man has not yet been given an opportunity to be a head coach someplace. I think he's very talented. And, you know, the day that he does become a head coach, and I, I really believe that day is coming um, he's going to make somebody a really, really fine head coach. He's just that creative and, and just seems like that good of a, a coach to lead uh, an entire team. With that said, you know, you guys have heard from him. I'm sure you've spoken with him. And I, I got to think, you know, it, even though he probably hasn't come right out and said that he's hurt by being snubbed, that he has been hurt by that whole thing. And I'm just wondering What's his mindset been like? What's what has he said about you know not being selected for a head coaching job, and what kind of support is he getting from inside the Chiefs organization? It has been an ongoing thing, and and to his credit, I think Eric has dealt with the disappointment most likely by really not letting it affect his outside persona. I'm sure behind closed doors he's got something to say about it, but he is focused on making sure that not only is he helping what Andy Reid needs from him in terms of giving him a counterpoint. And I think that what we've seen since the departure of Doug Peterson, uh, followed by Matt Nagy, when Eric Bieniemy has been the next guy in the headset with Andy and Patrick, it's really become a little bit more back and forth. He's focused on that. And I think trying to be 
a little bit more of the balance that the offense needs. Um, we can clearly see that at I think it was 63.8% passing last year. He's not having that much effect because I'd like to see them run the ball quite a bit more. But at this point, he's he's focused on bringing the edge to the offensive side of the ball. I know that as he tries to to widen his scope, he is addressing the defense a little bit more. I think probably some of those interviews have gone to the point where how do you take over an entire team? And maybe that's where some of the the reluctance is. I'm losing money every year because I make a prop bet that Eric Bieniemy will be a head coach the next season every time, and I keep losing. So I hope that it changes around here pretty quick. Yeah, hopefully head coaching is in his future. He certainly deserves it. And, you know, another guy on the Chiefs coaching staff that probably deserves another crack at head coaching is somebody Giant fans will be familiar with, and that's defensive coordinator Steve Spagnuolo. Now, obviously, Spagnuolo has had opportunities before. He was the head coach of the St. Louis Rams at the time when they were in St. Louis. Um, when he was down in New Orleans, I believe he was an interim head coach during Bounty Gate. He was an interim head coach here with the Giants after they fired Ben McAdoo a few years back. But really, you know, you start to wonder if just certain guys are just meant to be coordinators their entire career and versus, you know, get the opportunity of a head coach. But I'm just kind of wondering what your thoughts are about, you know, maybe Steve Spagnuolo drawing some interest as a head coach, especially if he's able to get the Chiefs defense up into the top 10 of league-wide in the major stats. For I, I can't speak for the entire Chiefs Kingdom fan base, but uh, just for those of us that cover team, we'd like to ask you to sh- keep that keep that down, please. What Spags has brought to Kansas City is a breath of fresh air. Has he turned it around? Has he made them a top 10 team? No, not yet. Um, but you can see that they don't give up the easy plays like they did to his predecessor and his predecessor's predecessor. So uh, it is a thing that we don't want the, the the news getting out. Everybody's seen Spags in one way or another. You don't need to look right now. Just turn around. Uh, but he is, it's funny, he is emulating a lot of what you saw from his days in New York in terms of trying to get the bigger, longer front four to protect the linebackers, let his secondary be as multiple as he can. He's still a mad scientist with the blitzing. And the X factor for him as he tries to get the front four more like what he wanted is Tyron Matthew. And in that one particular player, Spags feels that he has the chess piece to A, disguise, and B, overcome adaptation when somebody does get the better of him and he has to adapt to them. All right, since we've covered offensive coordinator and defensive coordinator, let me ask you, what type of tweaks or how much tweaking do you think will be made on offense and defense to compensate for who they have acquired and who they have lost? I I think that you're going to see it on both sides. Um, And I, I will say on the offensive side, I expect more wrinkles to come from Patrick Mahomes than from the coaching staff. Um, Andy's got a playbook that's inches thick. We all know that it's, it's the whittling down. It's the install of each game plan each week that Patrick Mahomes has started to have more and more influence on every season than he's played. And I think this is the year where it becomes a little bit more really 50, 50, uh, not just with the RPOs. It is a heavy part of their play call in allowing him to make that decision at the line, but the conceptual parts, the frustration that he felt when what Todd Bowles was able to do in the Super Bowl to keep his deep threats under control, I think you're going to see emulation across the league when they play the Kansas City team. And I think that's going to be up to Patrick to make those adjustments. I think it will start with him. And on the other side, I think Steve Spagnuolo has put together a very good staff. Brendan Daly, formerly the Patriots, 
Matt House, who's been at the college level and been very successful there with linebackers, Sam Madison, Dave Merritt, a lot of experience and a lot of guys that are able to adapt to their personnel. It's about finding that X factor. Um, that's what they found in LeJarrius Sneed last year, a, a rookie that could make plays on the ball that is something that they can coach all they want, but he's got to have the instincts to do. And I think that's going to be the X factor for the defense. Ryan, great stuff. Appreciate all the information. Tell everybody where they can find you on social media and what you got coming up on your program. It all revolves around Twitter at Ryan Tracy NFL. There's no E in that name, by the way. And you can find me on RGR football on YouTube as well. Locked on NFL show. And if, if you want to know about the Chiefs, come listen to me and Chris. All right, Giant fans, that's going to do it for this edition of the Locked on Giants podcast, our first full week back from summer break. We hope you enjoyed all the previews that we did. Next week, as you know, training camp. That's right. We are going to be offering wall-to-wall training camp coverage. Hope you will tune in to the Locked on Giants podcast. And by the way, when you're done with this podcast, go over and check out Locked on Today, where Peter Bukowski has all the sports news you need to know in under 20 minutes and does a great job delivering it. So do check out that podcast And folks, we'll be back next week, as I said. Look forward to it. Until then, have a fantastic weekend and be safe, everybody.